challenge your negative thoughts. Anxiety often stems from negative or, like I said, distorted thinking patterns. So we are awesome at creating untrue stories in our mind. So you've got to learn to identify and challenge these thoughts by examining the evidence that is either for or against them. We have to replace negative thoughts with more realistic and positive thoughts. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. This is Rayanne Mullins, your host. And of course, I am so happy that you're here. And also, I want to thank you guys for your ratings and your reviews. Remember that I am going to occasionally do a drawing for anybody that leaves a written review for me, a five-star review and a written review, uh, excuse me, a five-star rating and a written review. And I will be you know, drawing from those names and sending you a free coaching call. And on this coaching call, we can discuss anything that is you know, on your mind or anything that you're having troubles with. It can be menopausal symptoms. It could be thyroid issues. It could be, you know, time organization, um, anything that helps you feel like you have support to get to the next level of living your best life. So go ahead and leave those ratings and reviews so that you get a chance to win a free coaching call. I love being able to give those out. So today, we are going to be talking about something I mentioned briefly last week. So last week, I mentioned that my anxiety has been really bad recently. And I truly believe that it's due to my Hashi flare-up. But I thought it'd be a good idea to talk a little bit more about anxiety. Um, Anxiety is something that most people actually deal with, right? So I remember back when I heard about anxiety. I mean, yes, we all know the word, you know, anxiety, and it means to be anxious, but I didn't really understand for a really long time that it's a thing. You know, it's something people deal with daily and it can be very debilitating for some. I think my first experience with anxiety was in college. And at the time, I didn't know what it was. You know, I just thought it was me. So I remember getting super anxious about social events, especially with my sorority or with my volleyball games. And, you know, at the time, any anytime these events were coming up, I would get a really, really bad stomach ache. And I just thought maybe it was what I was eating. And, and you know, probably it was partly. But every time I had a test or a volleyball match or an event where I had to be social, I would get these horrible terrible stomach aches. And sometimes I would miss the events because of these stomach aches. Nowadays, when I get anxiety, it shows up mostly at night. Like, you know, I can't stop my brain. I'm sure that you've been there before. So I can't sleep because I'm almost panicking. I also notice that I get really jittery. So as if I've like had too much caffeine or something like that, I can actually feel the jitters in my legs. And sometimes it makes me feel like my legs are just going to not work anymore. Like I just feel like they're going to fall out and it's not fun. 
I want to talk about then today, you know, what is anxiety? Why do we get it? How does it appear? And how can we manage it? I'll give you five quick tips to get your anxiety more under control. First up, what what is anxiety? It's a common and natural response to stress or perceived threats. It's a state of uneasiness or apprehension or worry that's often accompanied by physical symptoms like an increased heart rate, rapid breathing, maybe sweating, and just general restlessness. And while experiencing anxiety is pretty normal and even helpful in certain situations, it's excessive or prolonged anxiety that can interfere with your daily life and just overall well-being. Anxiety can manifest in various ways and individuals may experience these different symptoms, you know, and everybody's different. So what you notice may be completely different than me and vice versa. Here are some of the things that, you know, people feel excessive worry. So it's like persistent and excessive worry about everyday situations, even when there's no apparent reason or concern, right? There, it could be that nothing's wrong, but you just have this worry, okay? Restlessness, feeling restless or on edge, experience a sense of unease or being easily startled. That is me. <laughs> Someone can walk in the room and I'm like, jump and scream. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm like, jeez. They're always like, calm down. Um, fatigue, feeling tired or lacking energy, even without engaging in any physical or mental strenuous activities. Um, you may also experience difficulty concentrating, finding it challenging to focus on tasks or to maintain attention, right? Due to just your racing thoughts or just having preoccupation with worry all the time. Irritability, being easily agitated, impatient, or experiencing shorter tempers. Small things may trigger irritability more than usual when you're feeling anxious or having anxiety. Muscle tension, experiencing muscle tension or tightness, which may cause headaches, just general body aches and general discomfort altogether. So muscle tension. Sleep disturbances, which I've obviously mentioned, having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or experiencing restlessness and unsatisfying sleep. You know, to me, there's nothing worse than not being able to fall asleep or to stay asleep and just feeling uncomfortable. It's so annoying, which the more annoyed you get, right, then the more you can't sleep because the more anxious you get. That's actually called insomnia. And insomnia, just FYI, is not really a medical thing. It's it's literally a mental thing where when you focus on the fact that you can't sleep, it makes you not be able to sleep. That's insomnia. So we'll talk about that another time. Changes in your appetite, noticeable changes in your appetite, such as loss of appetite or maybe overeating, stress eating or emotional eating may occur during times of anxiety. And of course, I'm the kind of person that will overeat instead of not eat. You know, I mean, some people can go days without eating or remembering to eat when they have anxiety. And then there's people like me that can't stop eating. So I don't know which is better. Probably neither. And then there's physical symptoms. Anxiety can sometimes cause um, physical sensations like a rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, dizziness, sweating, trembling, or gastrointestinal problems. Okay, I have all of those. (laughs) My daughter actually, how she has it come out or her anxiety shows is through her voice. When she feels really anxious, she absolutely just can't 
use her voice. It just doesn't work. So, or like for me, I have a similar thing, but I just get like a lump in my throat and it feels like I'm not going to be able to talk, you know, so you're constantly clearing your throat. So maybe you've experienced that too. And then avoidance behaviors. When you're feeling anxious, you may avoid situations or places that trigger anxiety leading to limitations in your daily activities, or it may be hard to have friends and relationships because if you're always avoiding any time that you might feel anxiety, it can be really hard to maintain relationships. And that was kind of me in college. You know, I had a lot of friends. I was on the volleyball team. I had the volleyball team. I was in a sorority. I had other friends from different areas, but because my anxiety would get so hard that I don't know that I fully engaged in any of those situations like I could have and like I would have tried now. Catastrophic thinking. So this is a tendency to anticipate the worst case scenario and magnify the potential negative outcomes of every situation. That is me in the middle of the night. And I hear from a lot of women that this is what they do, especially at night. There's something about the nighttime when it's dark and quiet. It's like your brain just like goes overload on worst case scenarios. And then um, finally, I kind of already said this, but social withdrawal, you know, withdrawing from social activities or isolating yourself due to anxiety or fear of judgment or even embarrassment. And I think that actually is more kind of what I did. I withdrawed socially. I didn't really, I guess the same thing as avoiding, but socially withdrawing kind of fits what I used to do, especially in college. And if you went to college with me, you might be surprised by that because I think I was really good at pretending (laughs) that everything was fine. But it wasn't. Um, Okay, so anxiety can arise from a combination of factors, including genetics, just brain chemistry, personality, and life experiences. So let's talk about some common causes that contribute to the development of anxiety. Genetics. Okay, there is evidence that suggests anxiety disorders can run in families. And so to me, you know, For me, actually, what I was going to say is that my mom, I think, had horrible anxiety. And of course, I didn't know it at the time as a kid. And so her, you know, short temper, her her avoidance, her social withdrawal, there's a lot of things that I look back and I'm like, wow, that's what was wrong, you know? And so I don't know, maybe some of this did pass down genetically, maybe, maybe not. Brain chemistry, neurotransmitters such as serotonin, dopamine, and GABA play a role in regulating your mood and anxiety. So an imbalance or dysfunction in these neurotransmitters or hormones can contribute to the development of anxiety disorders. So just really quick, you know, you can have general just random anxiety here and there, but when you have an anxiety disorder, that's where you probably need to get a little more help. Environmental factors, stressful or traumatic events such as abuse or loss of a loved one or a significant life change can trigger anxiety. Chronic stress from work, um, stress from relationships or even financial difficulties can also create more anxiety. So, you know, as I'm saying all these things, it's like, can you just see that pretty much every single person on this planet is going to be prone to getting some anxiety? Right. I mean, it's just not realistic to think that, it, you know, nobody would have or there's people that would never experience anxiety. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's it's just part of our life. It's just how do we handle it? Right. Also, if personality traits, you know, certain personality traits, such as being a highly self-critical person, 
you know, maybe you're always like talking down to yourself or you expect more from yourself. Um, or maybe if you have low self-esteem or somebody who's a perfectionist, they're going to have a really hard time with anxiety and people pleasers. Okay. That's also me being a people pleaser is tough because you're always trying to make other people happy and you forget about yourself. So when you're always trying to be a people pleaser and you're a perfectionist and you're critical of yourself, you're going to be more likely to have really high anxiety. Um, medical conditions also are a really big reason people have anxiety. So things like heart disease, okay, thyroid problems or Hashimoto's, Graves disease, um, autoimmune disorders, respiratory disorders, anything that is a medical, like anything chronic in your body is going to create anxiety symptoms. Okay. Also chronic pain is going to also be something that can create more anxiety. Okay. So when you feel bad, it's more likely that you're going to have anxiety. And then childhood experiences, traumatic experiences or a history of neglect during childhood can increase the likelihood of developing anxiety disorders later in life. So um, I actually have a client who shared with me that when she went away to college, she was convinced, she was just convinced that her parents were going to sell their house and move and not tell her where they were moving, right? This could certainly be an anxiety that was caused maybe by feelings of neglect or abandonment. And I do not know that. I'm not saying that her parents or her family neglected or abandoned her, but in her mind somewhere, this was a true threat and this created a lot of anxiety for her. And then also, finally, there's some personality disorders that um, are going to be more anxiety you know, related to anxiety and things like obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. Somebody who has OCD is going to have a ton of anxiety around whatever their, you know, obsessive compulsive situation is. Um, also, there's just generalized anxiety, anxiety disorder. Um, so remember, regular old anxiety is okay once in a while. Like it's actually helpful and natural to have that. But when you start to have major life disturbances, such as OCD and generalized anxiety disorder, it's really important to get some help. It's also important to note that the exact cause of anxiety can be challenging to pinpoint in some people's cases. So if you or maybe someone you know is really struggling with anxiety, please consult with a mental health professional because they can give you a more personalized understanding of what's going on, maybe the underlying causes, and then an appropriate treatment plan. So remember that this podcast is simply a way to share the information and it's not meant to replace a professional's advice or guidance. I am not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I just personally have dealt with anxiety and decided that it could be a good topic just to give you some general information so that if you feel like, hey, this is me and you want to get more help, then you absolutely can do that. So here are five um, tips to help you manage and potentially eliminate anxiety. First up, it's really important to identify and understand your triggers. You've got to pay attention to the situations and thoughts or events that tend to trigger your anxiety. By recognizing these triggers, you can work on addressing them more effectively. A trigger then is a cue or a perceived um, danger, right? So, it's like your brain is always scanning for internal and external danger. And when there's something in your environment that could be familiar to a time maybe when you experienced trauma 
or maybe a time that you just didn't feel safe, your nervous system rings a bell basically and tells you like warning, right? So it's a great idea to keep a journal to track your anxiety patterns and know any common themes or situations that consistently lead to anxiety. And then maybe you can start to work through those situations. You can really think back and remind yourself that you're okay right now. Because a lot of those trauma situations that we experienced as a young child that still create anxiety now, we have to remind ourselves that we are not then. We are not back there anymore. We are here. We are right now. And when you can focus on the right now, right this moment, you know you're breathing, you know you're safe. So you have to bring yourself back to the present moment and remind yourself that you're okay. All right. The second thing is practice relaxation and regulation techniques. Engaging in things like um, relaxation exercises can help calm your mind and your body during an anxiety moment. Techniques such as deep breathing, um, progressive muscle relaxation, meditation, or guided imagery can promote relaxation and just reduce your anxiety symptoms. So really quick, deep breathing obviously is like just really focusing on your deep breathing. I'll tell you my technique in a minute, or not mine, but the one that I do. Um, progressive muscle relaxation is where you just, you know, relax and you literally like muscle group by muscle group squeeze and release. So you might like start at your feet and like squeeze your feet, squeeze the muscles in your feet and then relax them and then move up to your calves and then your thighs, you know, your, your butt, like things like that. That's like progressive muscle relaxation. Meditation obviously is just meditating, focusing on your breath. And so here the the breathing that I like to do is called box breathing. So whenever I, especially at night, start noticing my anxiety is bad and I'm breathing heavy or, or feel like I can't breathe, then what I do is I remind myself to box breathe. So what I do is this. You take a big deep breath to the count of four. So it's inhale, one, two, three, four. Hold your breath for a count of four, three, two, one, Exhale to a count of four, three, two, one. Hold four, three, two, one. So it's called box breathing because as you inhale, it's like imagine drawing a line horizontally to a count of four. So it's like inhales, you draw the line across, hold your breath as you draw the line down. Okay. Exhale as you draw back across and then inhale up. So you're basically like in your mind creating a box with your breath, if that made any sense at all. I hope that you followed that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I love that. It really works with me. It gets me um, kind of centered and I like it, but there's another tool that I think is pretty cool. It's called color spotting. When you're starting to feel really anxious, you can stop yourself and look around the room and spot a certain color. So for example, let's say that you have a color picked out in your head already, like ahead of time, green. So if you start to have this really like bad anxiety feeling, you're having a hard time, then you just need to stop and remind yourself to look around and look for anything in the room that you can find that is the color green. You can either count the items or just spot them. So it's a simple tool that you can do anywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. As long as you have a color picked out in your mind, then this could be a go-to option. And this focus of looking for colors helps regulate or reset your nervous system by just shifting your focus. I love it. 
Um, maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Okay. Obviously that's why you're here. That's why I do this podcast. It's important to maintain a healthy lifestyle. A balanced lifestyle can have a significant impact on just your overall well-being and your anxiety levels. So we need to aim for regular exercise, right? Exercise or physical activity releases endorphins, happy hormones that can improve your mood and reduce anxiety. We've got to get enough sleep. Okay. The lack of sleep exasperates anxiety symptoms. So, you know, that's the whole deal. Like if you can't get sleep because you're anxious, then not sleeping is going to create more anxiety and it just, you know, cycles around and around. So we've got to find ways to reduce our anxiety so that we can get sleep. It's important to avoid or limit things like caffeine, nicotine, and alcohol as they can also trigger or intensify your anxiety. A lot of people with anxiety actually use alcohol or other drugs hoping that they will help, but oftentimes they just make it worse, which makes you want more. Like people don't realize drinking alcohol makes your anxiety worse at nighttime. You know, I notice if I have wine or have a drink in the evening that, well, one doesn't seem to bother me, but if I have more than one drink, I will lie in bed you know, trying to sleep and I actually have way worse anxiety. It's like the alcohol seems to make my mind even more distorted, which gives me more anxious thoughts and therefore more anxiety and less sleep. So alcohol and other drugs really don't help. They really, really don't. Okay. The fourth tip is challenge your negative thoughts. Anxiety often stems from negative or like I said, distorted thinking patterns. So we are awesome at creating untrue stories in our mind. So you've got to learn to identify and challenge these thoughts by examining the evidence that is either for or against them. We have to replace negative thoughts with more realistic and positive thoughts. One thing that I worry about at night is the safety of my family. Like I start to worry about car accidents or other terrible like accidents and things happening and sicknesses. It's like I lay there. And I absolutely start to freak out about things that are way out of my control. So then, um, you know, I have to go through each person in my family and think about where they probably are, what I think they're actually doing besides dying in a car crash. And then I can start to calm down. So for example, if my son isn't home, I will, you know, pull up my phone 50 times and look at the tracker to see if he's where he said he's going to be or make sure he's not driving somewhere totally freaks me out. I do it with like my brothers and my stepdad. You know, I, I literally lay there and think of all these horrible things that could be happening. And then I had to be like, wait, stop there. You know, Matt's probably at home at his house. Mike Mark's probably in Costa Rica. Like I have to literally go through and like tell myself where I think they are and that it's going to be okay. So I've gotten a lot better at it, but there are times I'm just really not good at it. And then finally seeking support. Don't hesitate to reach out for support from your friends, family, or a professional. Talking about your worries and fears with someone you trust can provide relief and perspective, okay? Consider therapy or just some kind of counseling. Um, A mental health professional can guide you through specific techniques and tools and different strategies to manage your anxiety. I gave you just a couple ideas, but they're going to have, you know, better idea of what you need. In some cases, you know, medication may be prescribed, just to help you alleviate these anxiety symptoms. And, you know, if you need help from a therapist or from medication, I mean, who cares? Don't be ashamed. Your health and your happiness is very important. It's very important to live your uh, best life. So it's important to know that everyone's experience with anxiety is 
completely unique. And what works for one person may not work for another. It's a great idea to experiment with different strategies and approaches to find what suits you best. If anxiety persists or significantly interferes with your daily functioning, please seek professional help for a comprehensive assessment and get a personalized treatment plan. So whether you or someone you love experiences anxiety, I hope that this episode gave you some good information and insight and just a few ideas on how to manage your anxiety a little better. You guys, thanks so much for being here. I love having you. Please share the podcast with your friends. Um, I would love it if you would, after you listen to an episode, maybe share on your stories on Instagram or forward my post on Facebook just to get the word out more. And, you know, again, thanks for being here and I will catch you next week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.